Hey, what's up? And thanks for listening to the Give Me Understanding podcast. I'm the host, Aaron Dodson. Psalm 119, verse 34, best describes this podcast. The psalmist wrote in the long ago, Give me understanding, and I shall keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. This is the podcast where I discuss the sacred text, and I do my best to help myself and others understand it. This is a continuation of the study of Matthew, Matthew chapter 3, if you would join me there. And I will highlight in this particular episode the example of the Messiah's forerunner, Matthew chapter 3. There are other things in this chapter, and I'll probably comment on those. But the main thing that I want to focus on is the example of the Messiah's forerunner. I, in these episodes, have been reading the chapter and then trying to uh, not only explain some things, but, but, but give enough information that will help somebody to be more familiar with what's in those particular chapters, and, and then ultimately to, uh, eventually I should say, maybe not ultimately, but at the end, uh, some things that we can learn from it today. Matthew chapter 3, beginning with verse 1, I hope that you will join me there if you are able. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now John himself was was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem, all Judea, and all the region around the Jordan came out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, Brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore bear fruit worthy of repentance. And do not think to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and are you coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, And behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven, saying, 
This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Matthew chapter 3. This chapter, I think, introduces us to Jesus' forerunner, whom Jesus said was the greatest born of women. Matthew eleven eleven. Our Lord held John in high regards. And I'd like for us to consider the example of, of the Messiah's forerunner. He prepared people for Jesus. And that's what it means by forerunner. He, he, he blazed a trail for the Christ, for Jesus. Let's consider first together Jesus, excuse me, John's message. That's at the beginning of our text, John 3, 1 and 2. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, incidentally, the phrase, the description, John the Baptist, does not mean that he was a member of the modern-day Baptist church, nor was he the founder of the Baptist church. Those who think that are doing spiritual gymnastics to try to prove that. There was no Baptist church in the first century. John did not die for any church, for the church, nor for a denomination. He did not purchase or start any kind of church. He pointed to the one who did build the church, and that's Jesus. Let's consider John's message. So he baptized people, preparing people for Jesus. Let's consider first his message. In the wilderness of Judea, he was saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repentance is a change of heart that's produced by God's word. Repentance is not a change of life. It's a change of heart. And biblically speaking, that change of heart leads to a change of life. As Paul preached, Acts chapter 26, verse 20, he preached that people should, the Gentiles, repent, turn to God, and do works befitting repentance in harmony with that change of heart, repentance. So repentance is not changing your life. It's changing your heart first, and that leads to bearing fruit worthy of repentance or consistent befitting repentance. And repentance, that change of heart, is necessary in order to be saved, in order to become a child of God, in order order to be pleasing to God. Matthew 21, verse 28 through 32, illustrates well the concept of repentance, where Jesus taught the parable of two sons. He asked, but what do you think? A man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go, work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward, he regretted it and went. Then he came to the second and said, Likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir. But he did not go. Jesus asked, Which of the two did the will of his father? They said to him, The first. Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, that tax collectors and harlots enter the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But tax collectors and harlots believed him, and when you saw it, you did not afterward relent and believe him. You did not afterward 
change. Change because of the regret you had in your heart. Repentance is a change of heart produced by God's Word, and, and John preached that to the people of Judea. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The Jewish people of his day needed to repent of their prideful, self-righteous attitudes and embrace Messiah. Matthew 3, 9 and 10, as I've already read, where he says, you know, some of you have this attitude that we are the, you know, we're the children of Abraham. We're good to go. We don't need to listen to you, Jesus. We have Abraham as our father. He says, look, Jesus says, I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. Jesus was pointed out to be the Messiah. And John's message pointed him, I mean, excuse me, others to Jesus as the Messiah. Consider John chapter 1, verse 29 through 34, where Jesus was, excuse me, where John said, Behold, he said of Jesus, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John warned people that judgment was coming upon their nation. Matthew 3. 11 and 12, fire, winnowing fan, cleaning a thresh, a threshing floor, gathering wheat into the barn, burning up the chaff, unquenchable fire. Folks, that's figurative language for judgment coming upon the Jewish nation. The kingdom of heaven, repent for the kingdom of heaven is a very rich phrase that emphasizes the authority and the rule of God over people. The, the fact that it was at hand, the word means nearby, verifies to us that, and to them, I should say, first, first and foremost to them, that John and Jesus were referring to Jesus' reign, his authority. And, of course, that is manifested in and through his church, Jesus' church, not John's, but Jesus's. Matthew 16, 18 and 19, 17 through 19. I will build my church, my called out assembly, people called out of the world by me, Jesus said. When we pray, your kingdom come, we pray it today, if we do, in the sense that the reign of God come into the hearts and lives of people through preaching and teaching the gospel and they obey it. When Jesus taught that concept in prayer, your kingdom come, we understand from the context and the work that Jesus did in the death on the cross and establishing the church of the apostles, that the messianic phase of God's kingdom, the church, has been established. And you might consider Mark 9-1, Luke 24-49, Acts 1-8, and then Acts chapter 2. This text states, Repent, change your heart, for the kingdom of heaven is nearby. 
it is it is hand and it it is at hand and no doubt it was at hand through the preaching and teaching of John and through Jesus and then the work that Jesus did his death burial and resurrection to purchase sinners to make them saints to call them out of the dark world into the light to be his church his people John preached a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins in preparation of Jesus' ministry. Mark chapter 1, verse 4, Acts 19, verse 4. Today, John's mission being fulfilled and Jesus' mission on earth being fulfilled, believers who repent and are baptized for the remission of sins in reaction to Jesus' sacrifice, become and are citizens of God's kingdom. Colossians bears that out. The letter of Colossians was written to Christians in Colossae, chapter 1, verse 2, to saints and faithful brethren in Christ. And then verse 13 is another description, a descriptive address Reminding them, he, Christ, has delivered us, or excuse me, God, the Father, has delivered us, the Christians at Corinth, I'm sorry, the Christians at Colossae, from the power of darkness and conveyed or transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. Again, so the same concept that was true then is true today. Believers who repent and are baptized for the remission of sins in reaction to Jesus' sacrifice, become citizens of God's kingdom. That same concept was taught by Jesus, John chapter 3, verses 3 and 5. <clears throat> so those are some things that we can consider. The example of Jesus' forerunner, John's message. And we can teach essentially that same message but we teach that the work of John was completed and now the work of Jesus, the work the work of John is completed of course in the first century and Jesus work of his his teachings his life his death his burial his resurrection has been accomplished but yet people are still God is still accomplishing his will when people are added to that church to that assembly of people and we teach that message today, that's the same concepts. And I declare that the kingdom of heaven is near. The reign of God is near when God's power and his truth is taught. And certainly when it's obeyed, the kingdom of God is within you, Jesus taught. How so, when so, when people in faith bow in submission to Jesus Christ and his teachings. So we look back on these things and then we teach what Christ and the apostles taught. John's authority. Consider with me his authority. The prophets had foretold that John would prepare souls for the Messiah. Uh, Matthew chapter 3, verse 2, Matthew commented, for this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, 
make his paths straight. Isaiah had spoken of this. And Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3, speaks of the work that the forerunner of Messiah would do. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Well, this is speaking of Jesus and Jesus' work. Uh, Let me rephrase that. Let me reword that. I'm sorry. This is speaking of John's work that he would do in preparation of Jesus and Jesus' work. So John had authority from God to preach God's word and to prepare people for the Messiah. His mission was from heaven. And the religious leaders who opposed him knew this, though they would not publicly admit it. And, and you know, that's, that's a, that, I'm going to comment on that in a moment. I mean, that's, that's, that's huge. What it, what, it, what it means and what it teaches is that when a, when a man preaches the Word of God, he has God's approval. And on the other hand, when a man does not preach the Word of God, he does not have God's approval, but God's curse. Galatians 1, 8 and 9. So John's authority, he, 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 he got his authority from God. John's success, number three. Consider this with me. His success. Many people were responsive to John's ministry. Matthew chapter 3, verse 5, Then Jerusalem, all Judea, and all the region around the Jordan, went out to him. Consider that. John performed no signs, John chapter 10, verse 41, yet his preaching was authoritative and it was effective. Verses 4 through 6, Matthew 3, 4 through 6. He was baptizing people as they were confessing their sins. When you preach the authority of God and the Word of God, their success. His words stirred up the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the people that were perceived to be the, the religious elite. And they came out there and they came basically what in down south we call rubbernecking. You know, they came down there rubbernecking as he baptized sincere Jews. John, John called them brood of vipers. And he told them, bear fruits worthy of repentance, Matthew 3, 8. Let me ask this question. I wonder what church would hire, quote-unquote hire, employ, as we say today, financially support a preacher to preach like that today. I wonder. Hardly any. None. You know, we live in a time where it's like, the 11th commandment is be nice. John's success came from standing strong and true to God's word. Fourth and finally, consider John's privilege and his obedience. John insisted that he needed to be baptized by Jesus. What an attitude, right? But at the instruction of Jesus. Now notice this. Jesus came to Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And are you coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, 
Then he allowed him. Notice that. Wow. May a simple word from Jesus be sufficient for us today to obey his will. That's powerful, folks. What can we learn from all of this? That the message of God's kingdom is essentially the same. It's Jesus, who he is and what he's done. John lived before Jesus lived his entire ministry and died and was buried and resurrected. And so we live on the other side of the cross, as we say, and we look back. But the message and its, 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 its concepts are essentially the same. We look back to a fulfilled mission of Jesus, and we seek to fulfill and obey Him and His will today. We're not looking toward Jesus coming to earth to die for our sins and to be buried and resurrected. He's already done that. And so the message of God, I think, is a lesson that we can learn today that we must respond to the message of God's Word, to the sacrifice that Jesus made. We can't just say, well, Jesus did it all on the cross. He died. I'm good to go because He died. No, I am to respond to the gospel. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 5 through 10 says that those who do not obey the message, obey the gospel, will be punished. So please don't, don't pretend or try to explain that away and say, no, there's nothing you have to do. There, there is a person through his message that we must obey. And, and, and the thing that we can learn is that when, when a man preaches the word of God in its context, he has God's approval. When he preaches God's word, God's word with the desire to glorify God and draw people to God, he has God's approval because it's based on God's authority. So when we obey God's authority, we know by God's authority we're right with God. But when a person does not teach the Word of God, they take verses out of context and they interpret verses with commentaries and the opinions of man that are so popular, that person does not have the approval of God. Instead, they have God's curse. So my suggestion to you, dear listener, if and when you hear or see or you know someone who is encountering this type of teaching from their religious influence, their influencer, <laughs> the ones that influence them religiously. Warn them. Be aware. There's a red flag. When somebody says, well, it doesn't mean that. You don't have to repent and be baptized. It means something else. It's not for the remission of sins. I know it says that, but let me explain it to you. Let, let, me, let me get another verse to pit against that verse to prove it doesn't mean that. Let me read you a commentary and explain to you how it doesn't mean what it says. As though God is like difficult or confusing. Or you have to be so enlightened to know their understanding of it before you can be right with God. Mm. God's authority and when we abide by God's authority, we will have success. We will accomplish those things that He wants us to accomplish and will draw people to God where people can be brought into Christ and be in a safe relation, a saved relationship. And they can be people who can serve God and bring glory to Him. 
And may a simple word from Jesus that is as per Scripture be sufficient for us today to obey God's will. Jesus taught the concepts of, you know, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And, And the Hebrews writer, you know, Jesus is the author of eternal salvation to all those that obey him. A simple word from God through Scripture. That should be sufficient for us to obey God. Not all these arguments that try to say, you know, you don't have to obey. You don't have to do what it says. And all this kind of stuff, building doctrines around these verses instead of accepting the verses in their context and obeying the person of Jesus. A simple word from Jesus. These events that I've read today in this podcast mark the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And John performed a very important, a very critical role in confirming the Messiah and preparing people for Jesus' work. Now, we don't do the work of John today by preparing people for Jesus' coming to earth to die on the cross to offer salvation. But there's a sense in which we do the work of John to bring people to Jesus, to point people to Jesus. The verse where it's recorded that John said, Jesus must increase, but I must decrease. May we have an attitude like that, that we try to hide behind the cross, that we hide behind God, and we shine Jesus Christ so that others will see him and obey him. Sounds like Jesus said that. That reminds me of something he said somewhere. You remember that, dear listener? Let your light shine in such a way that others may see your good works and glorify not you, not me, but our Father who is in heaven. The example of the Messiah's forerunner. He's left a wonderful example, and we can follow him in those areas where God has instructed us to so act and so live. Well, I hope this has been helpful to you. I've enjoyed considering these things and teaching these things. They're good examples for us to be encouraged by and to live by as we seek to follow the instructions of Christ. I hope you're enjoying this series of of, of, of the book of Matthew. If you uh, have not listened to the others, if this is the first one you've listened to about Matthew chapter 3, go back. I did one on chapter 1, chapter 2. I intend to do a podcast episode on each chapter, if I possibly can, and go through the entire book of Matthew. If you like this, if this helped you, do me a favor and be the algorithm. Share this with others. Find a way you can share. If you don't know how to share this by chance, send me a, a, a message. You can find me on social media. Um, I have a public page. If you do not know me personally, I'd like to kindly you know, direct you to my public teaching page. It's Aaron J, the letter J, Dodson evangelist and Bible teacher. You can find that page on Facebook. And even if you don't know me from anybody, you don't know me from, as we say, Adam's house cat, <clears throat> you can follow me. If, if, if you don't know me personally, and you would like to get, you know, this material, updates, and that kind of thing, follow my page there, and I try to share that information there, my, my stuff, parts of my ministry, there as often as I can, okay? And I'd like to also encourage you to check out the other episodes that I have on this channel, okay? And I hope that they're a blessing to you. And if they are, please, again, be the algorithm and share them with others. God bless, and I will catch you next time.